Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in. It's another edition of March to Match Day here at 92.9 The Game and the Off the Woodwork podcast. I'm Jason Longshore getting you ready for tonight's match. Atlanta United hosting the New England Revolution. Different start time than you might be accustomed to now. 7.25 is your kickoff time. I know 7 o'clock is what's listed everywhere. The game is on FS1 tonight as well as Apple TV our broadcast on 989 the game and the Odyssey app starts at 6:30. Five stripes countdown. I'll take you up to the kickoff at 7:25. We'll have an hour of the full-time report following the final whistle. So Atlanta United on the weekend, 1-1 draw, late goal from Tyler Wolf gets you a point in Orlando. New England comes into this also after a draw and the same scoreline draw as Atlanta had against this team the week prior Chicago Fire. I don't know what it is about the fire with these 3-3 draws right now, but New England went through it at home in Foxborough over the weekend as well. Let's start with Bruce Arena's thoughts after New England's draw against Chicago. We we obviously didn't start well. Conceding two goals in I think it was like the first 26 27 minutes. Uh made it real difficult and Noel's goal was big. It gave us a lift, and I, th- I think we played our, our, our best soccer in the first half after 30 minutes, and uh, there's no excuse for that. In the second half, I, I thought we played well, and uh, conceding a third goal was, uh, was poor on our part, and coming back after that was kind of incredible. So uh, to get a point on a night where we, we just made too many – Big, mis- costly mistakes. Uh, uh, we should feel fortunate to walk off the field. Although on the, on the evening, we, we played all right. But just a couple of really lame plays on our part, to be honest with you. Uh, Josie, obviously getting the goal is important. And Carlos uh, played like Carlos. Uh, so he, he contributed uh, quite, quite well. You could sense a little bit of the frustration in Bruce Arena's voice about the start that his revs had against Chicago. He did mention the goal from Noel Buck. That's what brought New England back into the game. The 18-year-old finishing up his online finals, trying to get that high school career in the classroom done so he can get his graduation. I I think he's graduating this week, actually. 
is what I had read earlier. He's killing it right now in MLS. He was on the team of the match day. A player to watch, the 18-year-old midfielder, Noel Buck. Here's what Noel had to say after the game against Chicago. You know, uh, we, have, we have a habit of starting off a bit slow. You know, that was basically it. We started slow. We were late to second balls. We were just a little bit behind the pace. And, you know, it shows what these teams can do and put us down quickly beginning of the game. It's gone on in three consecutive games now. Is that something that you've seen, you know, talked about a lot of training? It's definitely something we need to uh, improve on, and we plan on improving it in the next because we have a busy week, and we have to get up for these games. Otherwise, we're going to lose. Noel Buck played in a holding midfield role to start things off against Chicago, and a lot of that's down to the injuries that the Revolution are dealing with right now. Tommy McNamara, who would possibly play in that holding midfield, he is out with a left leg injury. Nacho Heel out with a right leg injury. The back line is what's been affected the most, in my opinion. Henry Kessler, center back, out with a right hamstring injury. Brandon By, the right back, out with a left shoulder injury. Also, Dylan Barrero, we saw his injury earlier in the season. He's out for the rest of the year. Maciel in that midfield, out with an Achilles injury as well. They are hoping to get Gustavo Bo back this week. Not sure if that means tonight. He is listed as questionable with a left leg injury. It's why New England has had to mix things around a little bit as of late. They played more of a 3-5-2 slash 5-3-2 on the weekend against Chicago. They've generally played out of a 4-2-3-1 with Buck playing as a right winger. What they do tonight on the road in Atlanta will be very, very interesting to see. And when you look at a team that is like New England, one, in that they have a good roster with a lot of different possibilities, you know, and when you get into that depth chart, that can be a challenge for a manager. But when you also look at a team right now that is dealing with the injuries that they have and they're having to mix and match a little bit, sometimes it's a little hard to figure out how to prepare for that team. Here's Gonzalo Pineda talking about New England's flexibility and what they could be facing tonight at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Well, yeah, they, they certainly have players to play uh, two forward system. Uh, Bobby Wood, this kid Brioni that is very good, obviously Altidore, um, Charles Hill is going to play on beneath those two or is going to be one forward, one ten in a more four two three one. Is that going to be a four diamond two um, with uh, you know Carlos Hill on beneath the two nines? I mean, who knows? They they have a good system to to a, a good roster to kind of even with the same lineup going to back five at times. You know, um, last last game Macoun was almost left back, center back on the left. I mean, you know, Boateng going back uh, with Jones on the other side. They can very easily go and transform the back line of four to back line of five. 5-2-1-2, 5-3-2, I mean, who knows, 4-2-3-1, I think, has been the most consistent lineup for them, but um, Carlos Hill, of course, drives a lot of their attacking actions, um, and we just need to be aware of those situations, but I think, again, the way we love to defend is with having the ball. So it's, again, the challenge of if we have more the ball than the opponent, you don't allow too many chances to Carlos Hill and the rest of talented players they have there to really create attacks, the better. So the 
farther away is Carlos Hill from our goal, the better. So if we pin them back in, in our final third or their final third, and, and then, you know, they are 70 yards away from our goal, I think is the best solution you can have. So hopefully we can have a lot of moments like that where we are dominating territorially and then we don't allow too many uh, attacking actions for them. That's the game we, we are trying to, to get. But obviously the opponent will try to make it very difficult for us to have that type of game, and that's a battle. Uh, but I hope my team can be dominant tomorrow. I think that last part is vital, and it's something that you have to keep in mind when we talk Atlanta United and defense. Atlanta's going to defend with the ball. They do a good job of limiting the opponent's opportunities to attack. Now, it, it's this balancing act that every manager in the world tries to figure out. Do you want to play with the ball knowing that when you turn it over, you could be exposed because you're going to get numbers forward with the ball. You're going to get attackers into the attacking half. You're going to expect to create chances. You generally are going to create chances, and Atlanta United's done a very good job of creating chances this year. You're going to create good chances, and Atlanta's done a good job of that this year. But no team is perfect, and you're going to have turnovers, and you're going to be in moments where you're, you're caught in transition or in moments where you're not stable you're not in a low block you're, you're not set up to defend and you have to figure that out and those are the moments that a lot of times you concede and Atlanta's conceded a lot of goals this year too many but if you're a team that plays with the ball you're going to try to improve the defensive side by being better with the ball that's how it works you you can't when you're preparing a team and I think Gonzalo Pineda has, has hinted at this, and he's, he's talked about it, and he's pretty clear in saying it. When you're preparing a team for a game, for a series of games for a season, you are never going to be able to be the perfect combination of Manchester City's attack right now combined with the classic Catanaccio defensive setup from the the best Italian defense you can find. You can't do both. These players aren't robots. It's not video game players that can flip a switch and, oh, yeah, I haven't just attacked for you know 20 minutes or 15 minutes or a sequence of five where I had five chances and I didn't score and I don't have emotions about that. And now I can be uh, Alessandro Nesta and be the best defender that you could see, or Paolo Maldini, or whoever. You, you you can't do that. That's not how it works. So you have to play the game that you believe in and that is important to you. And, and I think Pineda has been clear in talking about what that means and what that looks like. Here's another clip from Gonzalo Pineda yesterday going a, a little bit deeper into that, talking about how Atlanta uses the ball when they have it and the conversation that I think has emerged as of late about just play it long. Just play it long to Yakimakis. Just play it long, be direct, and, and see what happens. This is Gonzalo Pineda from yesterday. It's, it's not particularly my style to go direct all the time with the nine and then 
it becomes almost as a second ball and, and just a 50-50 ball. I don't like to gamble that way. I prefer to have full control of the ball, everything on the ground, play short passes, try to disrupt the opponent by good you know, progressions. Uh, but it, it is, of course, as the opponents are make it, making it more difficult to us, maybe a good outlet can be GG, uh, not just in the air, but maybe to his chest and he shields the ball and maybe he waits for some movements from you know the guys on beneath him and then from there we can progress the ball for sure is is one outlet or one variant that we can add we've been talking about that multiple times not just from the back but even in the middle third at times the opponents are kind of men marking our players in the pockets and then that opens the window for for Yakumakis and we haven't seen that a lot so we've been practicing a little bit messaging center backs at times once you break that passing lane through the middle to Yakumakis, maybe the center mids close down a little bit more and then you can find the guys in the pocket. So it's, it's, it's a variant uh, in our game. And of course, Yaku's strength to shield the ball, to receive under pressure, and then from there play back and then sprinting behind is a good one. So for sure, we want to use that type of, you know, um, yes, variants into our game. One more from Atlanta United training on Tuesday. Brooks Lennon spoke to the media, and I asked him about the balance, kind of playing off of the, the last two clips from Gonzalo Pineda. I asked Brooks about the balance between playing faster, which is kind of a, a generalized term that can mean a lot of different things, but playing with pace versus playing with patience in possession. Here's Brooks Lennon. Yeah, it's a great question. Obviously, I think being patient at times means, uh, you know, allowing kind of the pressure to come to you uh, so that it allows, you know, spaces to open up for guys like Tiago and, and Luis and uh, Gio. Um, you know, if, if they're sitting in a, mi medium, a medium to low block, uh, it's going to be tougher to, to kind of play through that press. So sometimes it's actually, um, you know, good that teams come on to us a little bit and press us so that we can, um, you know, create space for ourselves. Yeah, I totally agree with what Brooks said there, and it kind of echoes things that Pineda's mentioned during the year, and Amar Sadich said it as well. We talked about it on uh, March to Match Day previously in Atlanta Soccer Tonight. I think Atlanta United, in the way that they build up, it's okay if teams press them. I actually like Atlanta against pressing teams right now beat the Red Bulls earlier this year. We'll see how they handle Philadelphia and Cincinnati later in the year. Really curious to see how those games go because those are two elite teams when it comes to pressing. But it's a good thing when teams come out to chase a little bit because that creates openings. It creates space. And Atlanta can find that space in a variety of ways. Now, let's go back to something that Gonzalo Pineda said specifically in his comment about the direct play. A lot of times when you look at teams pressing Atlanta United and it slows them down or it's difficult in the first five minutes to play through that press, just play it long. Just play direct. Just, just play it long out of the back to your number nine. He's a big guy. He's going to win it. He can flick it on. Just play to him. That's not how I think Atlanta ideally wants to use Yorgos Yakimakis. And I agree, it puts you in a 50-50 situation, and I don't like 50-50 odds. I don't like coin flips. I like having a little more control over the odds. I like 70-30. I like 75-25. I like 80-20. I like those situations better than 50-50. So 
how do you use Yakamakis in some of those situations to get you out of trouble? And I think what Pineda said about not just using him in the long ball, but using him even when you break that first line. So teams are going to step up and press Atlanta United. Backline plays through it and finds either Franco Ibarra or Mateus Hosechu or Santiago Sosa or Marsadic, depending on availability. And they're able to turn. That might be where you play Yakimakis. And I think something that Atlanta has started to do more of, and I'd love to see this become an even bigger factor, the quick first touch pass. And it goes back to the idea of playing fast. Playing fast is not just running fast. It's not just making the, the pass quickly and, and maybe riskier. It's not that. It, it's sometimes changing the pace of your attack and the pace of your buildup. And one way you can do that, it's not just hitting a pass harder. It's not just playing it longer. It's playing faster. And that can be with a one-touch pass. And I think you're starting to see build-up teams, possession teams, utilize, you know, it's called, I think in England they call it a bounce pass a lot. I don't I don't love that terminology. Uh, I, maybe it's because I grew up uh, learning a bounce pass in basketball and trying to get better at it during my hooping days. Um, but playing first time. And I think that's where Yakimakis can be really, really valuable in these moments is break the first line of pressure. And whether that's using the goalkeeper, using the fullbacks, using one of your central midfielders to play around the first line of pressure. And you get into that middle third and then Yakimakis can flash open. And when he flashes open there, I don't need him to hold the ball every time because at that point, you're not holding it waiting for players to get to you. You're in full attack mode. And where he can be so vital, and I think he has already, and it's only going to improve as he builds up that continuity and that chemistry with his teammates. Play to him, and he play. He doesn't control it. He doesn't try to trap it. He flicks it forward to somebody else. That's where he's been most effective in possession. Not playing long to him, but playing in those moments to him where he can flick it on. Yeah, that can be out of the air. Yeah, it can be off his chest, but I think it can be on the ground as well. And that's where you can open a team up. You have to get through the first line of pressure, yes. But when you do that and you eliminate defenders and then teams are trying to reshape to deal with their first line being eliminated, that's where you can pick up the, the pace of play by playing one-touch passes. And it's not always going to be Yakimakis. I think Josechu can do this brilliantly. I think Araujo can do this very well. Tiago Almada, obviously, and we've seen that from him many times. He kind of hits that gas pedal a lot of times for the team by first-time pass. Ball's played into him rather than controlling and dribbling. Sometimes immediately he flicked to somebody else. Sometimes bending that flick into somebody else. Sometimes being very creative with how he uses it. Sometimes it's a back heel, whatever. Doing that kind of quick play, that's what can get you out of trouble. That's what can open teams up. And that's how I think you can utilize Yakimakis a lot of times. He makes you, you play to him on the ground. He flicks it over to Almada or to Etienne. I think especially that's one that I want to see grow. Then he can turn and go. And that's where the game opens up. And that's where defenders really struggle to defend him. And that's doing your build-up and keeping the ball and staying true to your game, but also keeping your odds high 
in terms of keeping possession. That's the important thing for Atlanta United. That's how you defend better, by having more of the ball, by having it in the attacking half, by doing it in an organized manner. When you just play fast, hoof it long or play long, and you're not organized, when that you lose that 50-50 and it turns over, you're not set up to defend with it and win the ball back quickly. There's gaps. And I think Nashville's a team who exploits that really, really well. You've got to be organized and true to your game plan because when you get forward in an organized way with buildup and you have numbers forward, it's so much easier to win the ball back quickly because your players are right there. You can then immediately counter-press and turn teams over. And that's something Atlanta's done a good job of this year. When they've built up play well, their counter-press has been better. That's not a strange link. That's exactly how it should work. When they haven't built up play well and they've been more stretched or they've been more individual in their attacks, you're not able to counter-press because you're not positioned to do it. Teams are then able to build up play against you. Orlando, I think, is a prime example of that, a game that Atlanta struggled at times to, to build up well. Um, Orlando's pressure was good. I think Atlanta missed some passes. So all of that combined, you, you don't build up play well, so you don't win the ball back well. Games where Atlanta's played, up, played well in, with the ball and built up play well, they win the ball back well. Those things go hand in hand. And when you're winning the ball back well and you're winning it back often, teams aren't getting attacking opportunities the other way. And that's what Atlanta United needs to prevent. They're not going to get better defensively by sitting in a low block and conceding possession. They're going to get better defensively by having more of the ball and more of the ball in the attacking half and winning the ball back higher up the field. That's what I thought worked best for Atlanta United early this season. And it's what has been lacking at times here lately. You do have to remember, this is a team with three straight unbeaten. Yes, two of them are draws. One of them was disappointing. One of them was a pretty good draw in Orlando and the win against Colorado. It's a big test tonight, though, against New England, who, yes, they're four straight without a win in all competitions, three straight in MLS play, but this is a team that's ahead of you in the table, and they're coming into your house in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and they're beat up, and you're healthier, and you need to take advantage. And this is a team that starts slowly. This is a game Atlanta United needs to start quickly, and not by playing fast, but by playing well. That's the important element here. This is a game Atlanta United needs to get three points in and start building even better than they have after that little dip in form where they were losing games. Okay, now you got three straight without a loss. Beat a team that's ahead of you in the table. This is an opportunity to make a little bit of a statement if you're Atlanta United. And getting Luis Araujo back, getting Franco Ibarra back from suspension, we'll see about Yorgos Yakamakis, how long he can go tonight. I, I can't imagine he's 90 minutes fit after not being 90 minutes fit on Saturday. But can he get you a little bit deeper into the second half? Is he around that 60-minute mark? And can you get the same types of contributions off the bench that you did from a Tyler Wolf, from an Johnny Fortune, um, from a Machop Chol? Can you get that impact off the bench if needed? Or can you start hot, start against a team that has been slow and knows that they've been slow in starting games, 
can you exploit the space? And I think it comes from building up play. It comes from breaking the first line of pressure. And it comes from creating those opportunities for the quick first-time pass in the middle third to open the game up. We'll find out tonight, 6.30, Five Stripes Countdown. Hoping to hear from Steve Cook, manager of Atlanta United 2, in the Five Stripes Countdown. Stay tuned for that. Kickoff will be 7.25, and the full-time report will follow the final whistle. You can listen on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app and the Atlanta United app. And when it comes to the in-game part on Apple TV, you can also watch on FS1, but on Apple TV, you can choose the home team radio option. I think it's really once we come back from break after the anthems, you can hear us there, and then it will conclude at the end of the, the match. Uh, before the full-time report, then you'll have to go to the app and go to 92.9 The Game. So if you want to listen to us in the game on Apple TV, you can do that. If you want to listen to us on the apps, you can do that with Odyssey and with Atlanta United's app. And if you want to listen to us on the radio, it's 92.9 FM in the ATL. Thanks for hanging out with me for another March to Match Day. We'll be back next week as we get ready for a trip out to California to face LAFC after their CONCACAF Champions League final two legs starting tonight against Club Leon. They're in Mexico tonight before a Sunday home match, and then they will face Atlanta United on Wednesday of next week. March to Match Day will return to get you ready for that. Adios, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.